Hello and welcome to the Global City Missions podcast. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York, and today we're going to be discussing how to begin ethnography in the diaspora community. GCMI's mission is to make disciples at the world's crossroads. And what we mean by that is that we want to utilize the forces of immigration for cross-cultural evangelism and church planning among the least reached cultural and ethnic groups uh, in the world. And especially those which are difficult to reach in their home context, but which live in high concentrations in global cities. Now, alongside our own team's work in various cities around the country, uh, often we're brought in by churches to come and train their staff and congregation on how to better initiate relationships with diaspora neighbors in their own city. And we usually start these training conversations by trying to explain our mission within the context of the mission of God. And this is what we say. Uh, if we want to be on mission with God, then we should probably try to align ourselves to be on mission like God. And if we look at scripture, the way that God has chosen to be on mission throughout history uh, is to be incarnational. Now, this is obviously clear, the most clear uh, in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. But all throughout scripture, whenever God wants to be effective in breaking the kingdom out into culture, God takes on the trappings of culture and in different ways puts on flesh and tries to dwell among us and be like us. So if we want to try and enter into and become all things to our neighbors, uh, we must first begin by observing and trying to understand the culture and the context of the immigrant communities around us. And it's this process of observing and listening and asking good questions in order to come to understand culture that we refer to as ethnography. And one of the ways to talk about initial ethnographic learning and this is the way that we're going to break it up today, is to try to focus on the cultural learning process in the form of four questions. So we say, okay, when we look at a diaspora community or an immigrant community in our city, uh, and we want to begin forming relationships for ministry and evangelism, how do we know where to go? And how do we know who to talk to? And how do we know how to talk? And how do we know what to say? So let's begin with our first question. Uh, how do we know where to go? If we want to form relationships in the communities of our diaspora neighbors, we first need to identify what we call ministry inroads. These are the sorts of places where our neighbors spend time with one another commercially or recreationally. And especially this refers to enclaves that our neighbors form where they can retreat back into their dominant culture. Um, so inroads might include things like restaurants or markets, places of worship, cafes, parks, really any number of locations where our immigrant neighbors are in some way gathered and in which we can enter in uh, without greatly unsettling the normal dynamic of that setting. But how do we know where these inroads are? How do we know actually where to go? Uh, the short answer is Google and a little bit of legwork. Um, so once we've identified a particular people group to pursue or a subculture within our city, uh, we need to have a general sense of where they actually live. But the first step, once we know that, um, that most of our people on our team are going to do, is just begin searching the internet and trying to make an initial map of potential inroads. So, for example, uh, when I was first working with the Bengali community in the South Bronx, I pulled up Yelp and I pulled up Google and I just started searching for things like authentic Bengali food and mapping the locations that popped up in the neighborhood that I was looking at. And I would just plot all of the hits and read through different reviews to get a sense for the atmosphere and the experience of being at these businesses. And after I wrote all those down, I started looking for more general things like uh, Indian and halal food 
in the same area. Because I figured that some of the businesses there might try to brand themselves more generally for the larger community. And once I had about a half dozen places to go check out to eat, I started looking for halal markets or grocery stores that sell South Asian products. And I put those on the same map. And then because I knew that drinking tea was a common pastime in Bengali culture, I googled best Indian tea or best cha, which is the name of the tea that the Bengalis drink. And I mapped those some locations on the same document. And after creating my map, I would just go visit the couple neighborhoods I was looking to work in just one or two times a week. And I would go out and I would try to hit up just one restaurant. And then after I finished there, go to a market in the neighborhood. And then before I left, stop by a cafe or some other kind of business. And really all I'm trying to do at this point is just be a normal customer and do a lot of people watching. So while I'm out, I just want to go to this business like I would any business But while I'm there, I'm trying to observe the social dynamics of what's going on around me in order to understand how I might naturally begin to make connections and start conversations here. Uh, And so I'm going to make observations while I'm sitting down at a table at a restaurant like, uh, who is talking to who? You know, are customers making a lot of conversation with the staff? Do the staff talk a lot to each other? Um, How long are people hanging out while they're here? Are they there for the evening or is it pretty quick in and out? when are things busy in this business? When are things slow? And I just want to go as often as possible without being awkward so that I can start to get a sense for the daily rhythm of my neighborhood. And I want to start becoming recognizable as a regular in these businesses so that I can begin interacting with others there. And once hanging out in the community becomes normal, once I get to have a good sense of the rhythms and the social dynamics of these potential inroads, I can start to narrow them down to where I want to spend the most of my time. So it's ready to start thinking about that second question. How do I know who to talk to? Now, in today's episode, I only want to answer that from an ethnographic perspective. Um, If we're thinking as an evangelist, the list of who we want to talk to is pretty expansive. But when we're talking specifically about cultural learning, there are two profiles of people that we're looking to meet and interact with. Uh, The first of these we refer to as gatekeepers, and the second we call cultural informants. Gatekeepers are those people who have social capital in the community and can open or close doors of relationship to us as a cultural outsider. So gatekeepers are often people like the owners of businesses, uh, leaders of respected families, religious leaders, or even just stable members of the community who know a lot of people. So someone like the local librarian or local bartender. Uh, Gatekeepers are basically known people, and they can introduce us to others And their respect and trust is going to go a long way to translate into credibility with the other people in a neighborhood. And we want to identify who these members of a given community are. And we, with our gatekeepers, we want to become a familiar face, if not a friend. Now, cultural informants, on the other hand, are individuals who can help explain things to us and help aid us in navigating the culture of our neighbors. So informants might also be gatekeepers or they might not be. But one of the things that tends to be true in any culture is that cultural insiders take a lot for granted about their own experience. So if we're going to begin to understand a community well enough to effectively share the gospel and make disciples there, uh, then we're going to need to make some relationships with people who don't mind answering our frequent questions and forgiving a lot of our mistakes and faux pas, uh, but also people who have reflected enough on their own culture to explain what things mean and what things are important. And while there may just be a few gatekeepers in any given community, there are probably going to be a lot of cultural informants. And that's good because uh, 
people have a diverse experience, even of their own culture and of American culture. And so with our cultural informants, we're going to want to build a network that's large enough that we can ask the same questions multiple times to different people. Uh, and that way we can begin to cross reference and verify some of the things that we're learning to see how common some of the answers and experiences are that we're trying to learn about. And it's only after we start to establish what answers are normal or we are going to get the majority of the time that we can say or really trust the information we're learning. We never want to make a cultural assumption off of only having observed something one time or only heard something explained one time. We really need to experience it multiple times in order to verify that what we think we're learning is in fact true. So with both these profiles, gatekeepers and cultural informants, we do want to be upfront about our faith as a disciple. But we also need to develop this skill of just having cross-cultural small talk. And it's hard to overestimate how important that is. It's critical that we not try to just interview or interrogate our new friends uh, in these communities, which means that we have to get good at gleaning and picking on information from everyday conversations and learning from our own observations and reading between the lines during conversation. And this is actually where it can be pretty helpful to work on a small team within the same community because that allows members to start to compare notes about what they think they're learning. And that gives us a chance to verify and start filling in our understanding of the larger culture. So we're starting to learn where we want to go and we're starting to learn who we want to talk to. But how do we know how to talk? Uh, as we're building relationships with gatekeepers and cultural informants, it's important that in all of our learning that we've done up to this point, that we do a good job of observing normal social interactions in the community. We want to pay special attention to things like, do men and women speak directly to one another, or do they tend to stay within their own gender for conversations? Um, how do adults interact with kids? Uh, is it normal for a stranger to walk up to a group and start a conversation? Uh, do strangers openly eavesdrop or butt in and interrupt one another's conversations? And when we start to learn things like this, it's going to be important because we're developing a sense of how we initiate interactions in the community. Uh, once we have a sense of what parties normal conversations happen between, we also want to observe what those conversations look like in a practical sense. So are people in this culture prone to telling one another extended stories? And are those stories from real life or do they tend to be from some other source, uh, like an oral tradition or from uh, the wider media? Uh, is arguing normal between friends and acquaintances or is it considered shameful? Uh, basically, we have to relearn what social etiquette looks like according to the culture of our neighbors. And needless to say, when we do this, we're going to make a lot of stupid mistakes. And that's actually OK. Uh, misunderstandings and embarrassing mistakes are just a part of cross-cultural learning, and there's no way to avoid it. And so we should just accept it humbly as a part of our preparation for ministry. Okay, so we have a general sense of where to go uh, with our mapping. We have a general sense of who to talk to with these gatekeepers and cultural informants. And we've spent a lot of time people watching what conversations look like. So we know how to talk, but how do we know what to say? This actually leads us back to something that we discussed in episode one and two of the podcast. Uh, our ethnography is part of how we're going to learn what the normal topics of everyday life are that we can begin to address evangelistically. And our ethnographic, ethnographic observation is going to become the foundation on which we start to build our evangelistic skills and spiritual statements. So if you haven't listened to those, go back to episode one and two. Uh, I encourage you to listen to those 
two episodes of the podcast and get a sense for how we would recommend turning small talk into spiritual conversations. Now, in the next few episodes of the podcast, I want to build on good ethnographic questions and how to establish more skill in this area of observing and interpreting culture. Uh, so today is just meant to be a basic introduction, but I want to challenge you over the next few weeks to start seeking out some good inroads and try to identify some of those initial relationships with potential gatekeepers and cultural informants. And again, as you go out, try to observe and take note of as much as possible around you about the way that people interact with and relate to one another in your neighbor's culture, because good foundational ethnographic observation uh, Without that, we're not really ever going to be able to build an effective strategy for cross-cultural ministry. So thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Global City Missions podcast. Uh, be sure to comment with any questions or experiences from your own ministry and subscribe for more episodes. You can learn more about Global City Mission Initiative at our website, www.globalcitymission.org, or you can visit GCMI on our Facebook or Twitter page.